Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. The Law Report with Michael Matwening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. A very good evening and welcome to The Law Report. My name is Michael Matwening Bell. Very good to be with you this evening. Quite an interesting show, in my opinion, that we have for you tonight, but also very different in its format. So we're going to do things a little bit differently tonight. Tonight, I'm actually inviting a conversation with you where. I want to get your views on, on, on something that, you know, certainly concerns me, but I suspect concerns a lot of other South Africans, and that is the treatment of our Chapter 9 institutions, our democratic institutions, our courts, our parliament. Because increasingly, there is, you know, as we, as we mature as a democracy, we become more vocal, we become more, um, we access more information. Um, you know, 20 years ago, trials for example or court cases were not as televised as they are now now televising court proceedings is almost automatic almost you know with 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 a few exceptions but there are very few instances in which you you as a judge can decline um access of the media in 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 court proceedings know your rights know the law the law report with michael matwening bill as i was saying so the things are, are are getting a little bit more um, uh, different. Um, they, they're getting a little bit more complex, and and I think one of the complexities that has arisen in more recent times is the office of the public protector. And I want to get your views on on the office of the public protector is one that is sanctioned by the constitution, and the debate that arises is to what extent can you criticize it. And to what extent can you not? And and w- where do you draw the line between criticism and probably undermining the institution? And you can even go to uh, even parliament. When is parliament engaged in robust debate? And when when does it actually culminate into chaos? And, and us as South Africans, how do we view these things? So on the one level, I'm interested to engage and to have your calls on what do we think, you know, to what extent can we criticize the, these institutions that are meant to, to protect our democracy? But on the other hand, um, one wonders whether are these institutions themselves personality dependent? And I'll give you an example. When we talk about the Office of the Public Protector, there's been so far three public protectors. And the first public protector was Mr. Lawrence Mishwana. And, and, and of course, he's a personality in his own right, but the activities of the Office of the Public Protector were by and large dependent on him as a personality, as was the case with advocate or now Professor Madonzela and, and the current incumbent advocate Mkweban. And, and, and there, is, there is a distinct sense that I get, and, I, and, I, and I'd like to get yours, that are we then at the mercy of who is holding that office? And should we? Or should our democracy be such that it has its own mechanisms to be immune from personality? You know, even some might argue that the reason why pretty much the entire system was captured and the, the judiciary survived, could this judiciary have survived merely because of the personalities that were involved or did it survive because of some intrinsic mechanism or machinery within it that protected it. And that's what I'm talking about tonight, and that's what I'm hoping to engage with you tonight on, to say, you know, are we really safe? What happens if these personalities change? So that's the topic tonight, and as always, I do look forward to, to your calls. And like I say, it is a different format in the sense that I'm engaging, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing from you about what you think and, 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 and whether we're safe and whether the criticism is robust and is good or it's not. So I want to get a sense from you and, and I look forward to getting your calls on 86 959 You can also send me a tweet. I will be reading your tweets out. Um, and my Twitter handle is at Matwening Bill. And I, and, I, and, I, and I really look forward. I mean, when we talk about, when we talk about uh, Chapter 9 institutions, we, we're not just talking about the Office of the Public Protector, although it's, it's one that dominates the news, particularly in, in more recent times. But there's the Office of the Auditor General, the IEC, South African Human Rights Commission. Is the South African Human Rights Commission doing what it ought to do? And 
and and with a different personality make it deliver more or less uh, and also you know the other topic is the personality if we're dependent on the personality to what extent do their politics affect their functioning that's our show tonight um, and and you can give us a call 0860009959 i look forward to to really just engaging because because it is something that one can't ignore you can't ignore the news headlines you can't ignore um preconceived ideas about people and and one that certainly stands out is you know the appointment of the chief justice who many today hail as a hero and and quite correctly so but the headlines when he started out were not were not at all singing his praises in fact in fact you know it would be interesting to actually just recall all the all the comments that were coming and 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 see you know and and compare the difference but are you then also because of the criticism that might be put to you are you then also not sort of in a corner to almost dance to some music so i i really look forward to engaging with you um i, I i'm joined in, in in my conversation um by a legal journalist and a writer at diesel blackstar uh karen morn karen good evening and thank you so much for for talking to us this evening Thanks for having me. I mean, as as you can tell, you know, I've I've put sort of so many propositions to 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 you know where I see the the, the show, the, the conversation going. Where you know, are, are we really safe? Um, and 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 I know you know, for example, the public protector is 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 a perfect example, but it's not the only example. And and if if I can maybe start with probably the most unfair question to you. Um, are the guarantees and the, the the mechanics that are put in place to protect this democracy that we also dearly value sufficient? It, do you get that sense? I think so. I mean, I think that you know we have very resilient judiciary, and we don't we, you know, ultimately, you know, what we've learned from South Africa's experience is that possibly you should always plan for the worst case scenario, and that you're. Your, your laws need to never, ever um, be, you know, sort of custom fit for kind of messianic leadership, but we need to inevitably, um, you know, operate in the assumption that human beings can let us down mm, and that mm. there needs to be appropriate and fair mechanisms to, to hold individuals accountable. But we've gone from a period where, you know, there wasn't a huge amount of that, where you know, whether it was the appointment of Mendy Similani by um, the former president or, you know, the, those kind of issues, those were not those were not matters that were dealt with within the ambit of, like, you know, the parliamentary functioning and, you know, oversight bodies, you know, showing proper oversight. It was really that the courts were relied on to, to make those rational decisions to evaluate things like appointments, to evaluate fitness to be in office. Mm. Um and hopefully, you know, in the next period of time, we step away from that and that there's more of a measured and, and kind of more that oversight bodies like Parliament, which unfortunately have a sort of um, unfortunate history in many respects of, of not exercising those oversight functions, really start doing it in a way that is fair mm. and that is publicly accountable. And so that you don't see like lynch mobs developing because it's politically favorable, but you see processes that everyone can watch and think this is a fair process. We believe in this. I mean, the non jiba issue, which is going to come before Parliament, the Parliament will have to effectively decide whether the President's decision to dismiss her, Lawrence and Kwebi, off the basis of the Mohoral inquiry. I mean, I'm really hoping that that process is open, ventilated appropriately, and that there's a there's a public faith in it that that people feel like yes, you know, the parliament is doing what it needs to, and that there is oversight, and these things are vigorously tested and addressed in ways that are accountable and fair. And and and, and you know, so so what I hear you to be saying, which in 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 some way gives me very little comfort. Um, and and if you've just tuned in, we we we're actually just trying to understand the. The strength of our democracy and and the point of view from which we try and understand the strength of the democracy is to test the institutions and the mechanisms that are put in place to protect it. That is Parliament, Chapter Nine institutions, as well as courts. 
And we, we're wondering whether these are personality-driven. In other words, the success of these offices and therefore the success or the protection of democracy, therefore, is dependent on personality. It's dependent on who is there. I look forward to engaging with you and receiving your calls. The number to dial is 86 And I'm in conversation with Karen Morn. And Karen, the, the, the question that arises, and, and, and I was saying that sort of gives me some bit of discomfort is from the examples that you've you've discussed and, and, and laid out, it appears to me that courts have been the ultimate savior. So what it means, it's, it's and, I, and I get that courts are supposed to be the last level of protection, but it seems to me that there is multiple failings at so many levels and I, democracy becomes ultimately dependent on the judiciary, which then also raises concern of the judiciary being overused and other institutions that are put in place not, not, not being sufficiently or adequately or effectively used. Is that a fair assessment from, from, from what you're saying? Because, because then it means that if we lost that last line of defense in the form of a judiciary, then we could find ourselves in very difficult times. Well, I mean, I think the courts themselves have said that. I mean, I've like spoken to the chief justice and a number of justice judges in the past, and mm. they've routinely expressed the fact that they don't want to be put in the positions that they've put. I mean, you know, everywhere from, you know, the whole Sasa grants debacle, mm. the court was essentially put in a position where they were kind of held hostage because you had this impending crisis that was about to happen. Yeah. And if they didn't get involved, you know, the consequences for ordinary South Africans would have been devastating. Mm. But they had, so they had to. And I mean, you often hear it from from the judges. This, you know, the, I mean, ordinary people, you know, we, you know, when you're in the courts, we hear this discourse around separation of powers yeah. so frequently because it was often, you know, and is often one of the primary concerns of the judiciary is, are we overstepping the mark? Are we actually going where we shouldn't be going and effectively taking over a role that government should be playing. And it's, you know, it was in all the, all the big cases over the last sort of decade, that was the, the constant fear was, you know, this thing of, you know, are we, are we traversing into areas that are best, best handled by the legis- legislature or the executive? Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's a role that the courts want. And I mean, the most recent um, issue, of course, was with, with the public protector where, you know, the CJ had a very profound, you know, expressed a lot of discomfort in this idea of, of ordering, you know, of, of a personal cost order against um, the public protector because of the implications it had. And really was, you know, you could see that, you know, there was a lot of distress in, in his ruling on this. Um, and of course, because of the political dynamics that kind of surround the public protector at the moment mm. and the implications of that cost order on, on her actually staying in a position, you know, I think the courts are increasingly being asked to intervene in ways that um, I think that a number of judges, and we've seen this with the CJ, aren't comfortable with. Mm. And I, I really don't blame them because this line between the political and the legal, um, you know, has always been a bit blurry. And I think that, you know, there are judges who, who decidedly do feel uncomfortable that they're being asked to traverse into areas that really should have been resolved in other ways. Um, and and they might not want to, They they I don't think there, I think there are a number of judges who are definitively uncomfortable with that. And, and, and so I made the assessment that barring the the judiciary itself and 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 perhaps one one can come back to that at some point my assessment is that all of these other institutions that are there to protect us are personality dependent and and one can argue that even in relation and i think the perfect example is is the public protector the office of the public protector and mm. the the three public protectors that have served in that office have left many, you know, different legacies um, in terms of the extent to which they've advanced the interest of, of the public. But I can also even talk about the 
constitutional court itself, which is our last line of defense uh, for, for our constitution. Many people, when you talk about even the chief justices, would, would not have, and it's not because of a timing issue, would not have a, a clear a memory of Chief Justice Ngobo or even Chief Justice Langa, for example, as they do Chief Justice Mokweng, Mokweng Mokweng. And one wonders, um, and, I, and I'm not at all saying, you know, m- making an assessment of who delivered more or, or, or whatever, because that, that would require a little bit more science than, than my own perception. But what I am proposing is have these chief justices that have served at different times given us different legacies and therefore the legacies and and even using the example that you gave about the separation of power, remember that the power of the constitutional court is is provided for in, in rules and it is those rules that must serve us, not not whether it's Michael who's in or Karen today. And I extend this proposition not only in respect of the constitutional court, it extends in, in with equal force against in the office of the public protector. Are, 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 we, are we developed enough to be personality immune? I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, inevitably part of the human experience is that, and we see this, is that the personality of the individual will play a part, you know, mm. just on a simple issue. I mean, you can see it, for instance, with um, Shamila Batoy and the leadership of the National Prosecuting Authority, mm. you know, making decisions around, you know, straight into her office, um, you know, being not being a person who's, who's really come out and courted public opinion to the to the extent that some of her predecessors have mm. um, and and sort of just quietly you know, been extremely strategic um, in how she's communicated, what she's communicated, and, you know, how she's kind of tried to stamp, you know, to to put her authority on that position. And so, you know, it's an inevitable human truth. If you you get someone in the position who is not, um, you know, potentially competent or not honest, Mm. that, that of course, is going to have an impact. Mm. So it's not about... Are we going to make ourselves personality immune? It's about what are we doing in the processes of this appointment to really make sure that we are getting the absolute best people for the job and that we don't end up in a situation where down the line we've implemented or put someone in, a, in an incredibly powerful position um, and they're, they're either not, you know, they, they're potentially incompetent, they're unable to do it, or they demonstrate dishonesty. And I think that, you know, there they have been kind of positive developments in terms of that we saw a very open process with regards to the appointment of the National Director of Public Prosecutions where, you know, we really got as a public um, to witness um, how these individuals would respond to, to oftentimes quite tough questioning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had the opportunity to really to see, you know, what was what was what was that about? And you know, I mean, if one thinks like a few years ago, and I return to the Menzies and Milani example, mm. this was a person who, when his CV made it into the light of the day constitutional court, had misspelled the words curriculum vitae. He was kind of just appointed by President, then President Zuma, um, you know, straight after the Genwala inquiry, basically finds that he's dishonest in, in the evidence that he gives. This is a manifestly you know, problematic individual in terms of his ethics and everything. And, you know, he's appointed and there's no there's no kind of public process ultimately gets overturned in a court of law. All these kind of behind closed doors issues are brought forward. Um, but you know, it's 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 a it's a manifestly irrational decision that can't be legally defended. And you know, the the upside of this constant pattern of litigation that we've had is that we seem to now be in a space where you know, we are trying to, government or the presidency or whoever, are trying to make appointments or decisions that are legally impenetrable. Mm. Um, whether it's Shamila Batoy over, does the Johan Boyson get prosecuted for racketeering? We get a panel. You know, there's a report. There's a clear record of everything that happens. It's because there's now a desire to, to actually use those guidelines of all those really poor decisions that have happened in the past 
and to change that. So, yes, you. I think the thing is you have to prepare for a worst-case scenario, and you have to... You, but part of the biggest issue is the appointments in the first place. What do you do to make sure that you are really getting the right person, that you know everything there is to know, that there's a kind of understanding of where they come from, what their politics are, mm. what their background, what their proficiencies are, um, and you, you literally get the best person for the job. So this issue of, you know personality it's not it's not for me it's not about personality it's about competence and integrity and, I, I mean, know, using person, yeah. using using the uh, uh, advocate Menzies Milani example for example um before being the uh, national director of public prosecutions he was a dg of department of justice so when one talks about you know and and I guess you are tying it to competence and ethics which 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 I guess the ethics part was the basis upon which he yeah. ultimately fell. But, 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 you know, I think I wanted to point to sort of the um, inherent imperfection in, in this pursuit. And, and I'll come back to it once we take a break. But if you've just tuned in, we, we're just having a chat um, and we're really looking forward to engaging with you around democracy and whether, whether you know, the institutions that are put in place to protect that democracy are adequate and are personality immune and and on the flip side, we're looking at if to what extent can the public criticize these institutions and what are the guidelines for those criticisms? And and, and, and at what point does one cross the line, as it were? That's our discussion tonight. Do you give us a call? 086-00-00959. The Law Report with Michael Matsuening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. I'm in conversation with Karen Morn. She's with the legal journalist. She's a legal journalist as well as a writer for Diesel Black Star. And we're having a chat about our democracy and the institutions that are intended to protect it. Are they sufficient? And, and that's the first level. But the second level is, um, are they personality uh, driven and dependent? So, so if Michael gets in there, do I and should I, and this is a very important one, should I have the ability to single-handedly bring down a constitutional institution or an institution that is intended to protect our democracy. And, 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 and because I think that if I can, and, and if we agree that I, it is possible for me to bring it down, um, then the question that follows is obviously, is our democracy it's, uh, safe? And, and, and that's a big one. But on the flip side is, to what extent can you criticize these institutions to what extent you know where do you draw the line between the criticism and and I, and, I, and i'd like to even give a, an example and 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 regrettably i i i keep on going to the public protector but it's not really what we're talking about it we're talking about democracy in general but when i listen to uh president Cyril ramaphosa um responding to the public protector's report and what he was going to do I didn't sense and I didn't get any personal attacks. It seemed to me that it was on legal grounds. And I'm saying the public protector made, so so he alleges that the public protector made errors of law and errors of fact. And and that is a, a criticism that is responsible as it were. But that's not the criticism that one gets across the board. And And does that not in and of itself threaten democracy? In other words, the extent to which we are allowed and it and the extent to which it is in fact possible in public platforms to criticize officials and um, uh, 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 officers beyond a certain level does that not threaten democracy in other words when i get when i go to court and i win and i come out and i go on a radio station or a tv channel or i even write an article in a newspaper and i Sing the praises of the judge concerned, and on the day that I'm not happy with the judgment, I then criticize that judge and not the judgment, and and I criticize it to a point where I go as far as to say and to suggest that the judge is incompetent, and I make that call as a litigant, as somebody who was affected by the judgment, and 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 and, and I, I want to suggest that that in in and of itself threatens democracy. Let's take your calls. Um, like Kenny, you can give us a call, 86 I look forward to, to getting your views, your sense, your, you know, um, are we on the right track? Uh, is, is the language that is currently in the airwaves 
are about officials good or is it bad? Is that a good thing to be able to to criticize somebody? Is that your exercise of freedom of speech? Uh, or do you at some point in exercising your freedom of speech actually threaten democracy? Kenny from Joburg, good evening and thank you so much for calling. Uh, good evening. Thanks, Mike, for taking my call. On the first point, I think, you know, the the criticism, yes, we can extend criticism to this institution, but yeah. we have to be very careful so that our criticism doesn't corrode the integrity of those institutions. Mm. Well, the, the way the, the president received, responded to the, to the report, I thought it was dignified, it was reasonable. Mm. But if you contrast that against what... Um, the Minister Fabin Goren was saying it's very fair because, mm. I mean, there were some personal attacks that were done on the uh, excellence of the public protector. So that corrodes the legitimacy of, of the institution. Mm. So it's something that one has to be very careful about. Just to quickly on the other point, um, my sense about the general topic is that, you know, the judiciary um, uh, is starting to become very uh, polarized now. Sadly, mm. you know, you get a sense that, you know, some judges now are pandering towards popular political, you know, you, you know, forces. I can name a few, a few cases in point. Sure. For example, you know, the judgment, I mean, yesterday in the Constitutional Court, um, if you follow what, uh, you know, the Chief Justice was saying, essentially was urging that to us to guard against, you know, delegitimizing an institution that is there to serve democracy. And if you follow the law, I mean, we, as practitioners, we know under what circumstances a punitive court order has to be granted. Mm. But certainly the High Court, you know, didn't even establish those principles to say they arrived at, uh, uh, as to how they arrived at, 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 at awarding those punitive costs against the public protect. Mm. So my sense out of it is that, okay, we are more in the dark because, you know, this judgment, you know, doesn't give certainty as to or, or under what circumstances uh, I mean uh, the, the punitive order uh, cost order should be granted. That is that that is my point. Sure. Lastly, you know, I can tell you three cases where, in my sense, was that okay, the the, the judges were not quite fair. Mm. If you consider, uh, you know, remember that uh, judgment that uh, that uh, um, Gwebi judgment. Which one? The the them uh, Jiba and them judgment. Yes, yes, when yes. The, the, the one that was overturned at the at the SCA. Yes. Remember the genesis of that case started with that case where Mzuli were, um, you know, it was a Mzuli case. Mm. When it went to the Supreme Court, you know, there were some comments that were made, quite interesting comments that were made by, by I think, one of the Supreme Court judges, Mutumi there, mm. where he pointed out that Justice Murphy stated that we all know that uh, the character of uh, this gentleman who General, General Mzuli is. But that was not the issue before the court. And mm. that, you know, it's something that, you know, you get a sense that judges take, you know, prevailing political you know, issues out there, then they import them into cases, which is something that, you know, it has to be avoided. Yes, judges are human beings. Yes. But you know what? We have to try that, okay, such uh, forces, you know, outside forces do not sway how uh, court decisions are made. I, I, because, I, don't, you know, I don't want you to, to, to forget your trail of thought, and I, and, I, and I truly want to hear the other two examples that you, you, you wanted to refer us to. But because you've raised, you've raised this one, I want to just, you know, uh, you know talk about the, the, this, this issue of, of, of a Supreme Court judge referring to Mjuli, who's not party to the proceedings. Um, okay. and, 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 and I must also confess that I, I don't, you know, recollect that, so I'm relying on what, you, what, what you're saying okay. and, and okay. having um, a, a debate on that basis. Okay, let me, let are, are, judges, are judges not entitled to take judicial notice of certain things? Um, and and what, what judicial notice for the Afropolitan means is we know that you, you can't, you know, you, 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 nobody needs to lead evidence on who the president is. You, you, you can take judicial notice of, of, of who the president is. So you, you, or you, you, you can take judicial notice of the fact that there's a building called Carlton Center even though it wasn't necessarily led. So, so the proposition that I'm putting to, to Kenny is, is against that background, Kenny. I just wanted to bring everybody up to speed. Uh, uh, was, 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 can the judge in that example that you gave not be in a position to rely on, the, uh, uh, on an assertion that he or she was taking judicial notice of something that no, might have been established elsewhere in some other forum? No, you can't. Because uh, what happened is that, okay, um, 
there was no issue before the, 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 the court about Mluli, the character of Mluli, mm-hmm. whether he's a, he's a bad or a, a good person. Sure. In fact, even in that judgment, the, the Mutubi stated that it is quite strange that that was not the issue that needed to be determined. And secondly, um, I don't know where was that determination made. But nonetheless, Justice, Justice Matthew went on to, 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 I mean, to build from that to, to make the finding that they made. But obviously, I'm not saying only on the basis of that. It's just mm. a criticism that the Supreme Court is sure. It is starting that you would have a judge, you know, making a determination in the reasoning, citing other issues which were not raised in the, in the trial, which were not even uh, I mean, relevant to the case at point. Or the last one, I appreciate that time is, uh, you know what, um, you know, the, the, the judgment, the Zuma, the, the, that Zuma judgment where he was uh, challenging the public protector's uh, report. Uh, where, where, yes, the EFF where, Remember, no. Mm-hmm. Remember, after Tulit uh, uh, made that report where uh, he, she recommended that a commission be set up, you would remember that Zuma took that to court. Mm. Oh, yes, about and the state, yeah, and, okay, yes, yes. Yeah. I thought and you were referring was to with the, the, with, the, with the cost order as well. Mm. You know, my sense is that, okay, I mean, what uh, the, the previous public protector order was a novelty because that has never happened in the past. And Zuma was exercising his right if he's agreed by a court decision or, I mean, a, a, a decision by, by the public protector to challenge it. Mm. So if you slap him with a, with a, with a cost order, I mean, it, it gives you a sense that Certain individuals cannot, or personalities cannot be challenged. You understand? Mm. So my sense is that okay, judges, you know, must not be swayed by popular uh, uh, political, uh, 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 you know, events. So that okay, when even if you say Zuma maybe is, is, is bad, as you know, other people would say, but whenever he comes to court, you must treat him with the same fairness as any other litigant. The personality of the litigant or the, the popularity of the litigant did not play a role. That is the point. One, what, 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 what? what so, so, and and, and maybe if I can I engage on that, if if I can engage on that, because something that you know, so I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here and, and and saying this judge was wrong or right. But what I want to say is the sense that I had when I read that report that the public protector had had won. Um, directed the president to establish a commission, um, a commission of inquiry and two, had recommended that it be headed by a constitutional court judge. I, my legal instinct was that both of those things encroach upon, one, the, the discretion of the president, because that is something that falls squarely within the purview of the president's um, discretion. At least that's what I thought at the time. And I, and I get that there was subsequent judgments, which, which, which clearly proved my instinct wrong or I guess I guess wrong in in inverted commas, but the other part is one wonders whether a different public protector ordering a constitutional court to appoint um, one of their uh, members, one of their judges, to a commission of inquiry might have flown. In other words, because it certainly does set the precedent, um, because it means that it, it, even the current a public protector can can do the same if circumstances permit, but whether the the constitutional court or the judges in it would be able to object to that. So 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 I admittedly what ultimately happened did surprise me because I did worry that the public protector at the time was not competent to to direct somebody to exercise their discretion one way or another. I mean, that is a plausible legal argument to make. You can't fault that. Even if you go on, maybe the judges rule. But, but, but in this but case, you're saying they did because not only did they do it, but they actually, um, in, in, in you saying they actually ordered a, 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 a punitive cost order against the, the, then for, the, the then president, Mr. Zuma. Yes, remember that, that I don't know if they took it on appeal, but the initial indication was that they were appealing. Mm. But there was a cost order against him. Mm. So the question is, I mean, if... Your inclination, you know, based on your understanding of the law, you feel that okay, uh, the, public, the public protector is encroaching on the on the on on, on your on, on your powers, mm. and you say, let's take this to court so that we can take. I mean, the court can make a determination on this. 
but so I mean, why? I mean, I, I mean, isn't it that? And, and and I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, and, and I want to keep you on the line. But I want to put this proposition: isn't it that? I mean, this issue of personal cost orders, it was first hinted at by the courts in the matter uh, pertaining to the what's this gambling, uh, the gambling board, uh, where the court took exception to the conduct of the MEC and cautioned that one when officials act in this manner, that is clearly. Um, um, you know, I can't remember the word that they used to describe, but sort of clearly frustrates um, um, the, the, even the work of a court, and uh, uh, and and so kind of shows extreme malafides, which which was an issue even in the, in in the constitutional court judgment in this case about you know uh, uh, malafides being malified in making a decision or or exercising bad faith in making a decision. That was the issue which we'll come back to, but doesn't that you know warrant a direct cost order, if it is found that in the exercise of your powers, you were in one way or another mollified. So it's not that you are exercising your, you know, an official is is entitled to take legal advice and adopt a position and, and pursue it. But if if one in so doing is mollified, should they not attract the personal cost order? If there is, yeah, if that is the position, yes, that has to be. But mm-hmm. you would remember that, okay, they are clearly set out the legal principles upon which one can arrive at that decision. Yeah. So it's not something that, you know, uh, because maybe you, you happen to, you know, to, to, to irritate a judge or maybe they, they strongly disagree with you, then you're masked with a cost order. My sense is that, okay, the High Court, in the, in the, in the, for instance, as, as, as the Chief Justice articulated in the, in, the, in the judgment yesterday, the High Court didn't even try to demonstrate as to how they arrived at the decision to say uh, 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 the public protection should, 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 should bear the cost. You see, it seems to me it was more a sense of, okay, look, you've had a bad run, you're bad, then that's it. Yeah, but but I think I think I think it's debatable whether they didn't articulate the reasons. Let me take a break, Kenny, and and and, and if it's okay with you, stay with us, um, so we can in, engage some more. Pinky from Orlando, I do I do see your call, and I will take it as soon as we come back from the break. Um, and and if you've just dialed in, uh, you want to you want to you want to you you want to uh, stay with us because when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about we're going to continue the discussion talking about our democracy, its essence, and 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 whether it it is structured and formulated in in a way that can survive the test of time when we come back the law report with michael matwening bell kaya fm 95.9 welcome back it's 18 minutes before nine o'clock um and uh sutumeya will be coming up at nine o'clock but for tonight uh or for the moment we're having a discussion talking about our democracy, um, to what extent can you criticize is it? Can you criticize institutions that are set up to protect it? And to what extent is it personality dependent? And uh, you can give us a ring to join our conversation by dialing 86 Thank you from Orlando. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I won't engage in legal. No, for sure. For sure. For sure. I don't want to talk to lawyers. It, it, would, it, would, it would be a terrible day if I only spoke to lawyers. <laughs> okay. All right, I, I'm very worried. The court, our our courts are going to be overloaded with nonsense because of the inefficiency and the corruption within the our parliamentary system. Mm. You know, these political parties they they forget that they are representing the nation. Mm. They, I mean, the judges can can be running the country. Mm. If these people are not ethical, and the people who are now appointed to the committees, to the to be chairpersons of committees. I mean, there are already dubious characters who were also implicated in state capture. Mm. That's why I say the judges, you know, I feel sorry for the judges, really. And they've done well so far because politicians are against us. Right now, the judges, the chief justice offices were infected and computers were stolen. What happened to that? Huh? Mm. What kind of a society is this? It's becoming barbaric. There's no, I mean, if you are a public protector, you should forget about aligning yourself with certain political parties. It's very wrong, man. Mm. We want professional ethics. We are looking at you as a as a personality. Yes, are you are you really a fit and proper person to be in that office? Because the way you conduct yourself in within the office and outside of the office, you can't be going to YouTube and saying all things and talking like you're a political activist or something. You, you, I mean, the trust. 
the trust. We, we, we put a lot of trust in, 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 in people like in the public protector's office. Mm-hmm. I mean, take Tulima Donsen. She was an ANC member, but the minute she assumed office, I'm not saying she's perfect, but she respected the office. You know, trans, uh, by, by doing ethics. what? By, do, by, by doing what? By, uh, you she, were referencing never, being an ANC she member. She never conducted herself in a manner that suggested she was aligning herself with certain political affairs because now with the current public protector, you have these uh, political parties, you know, going all out in the streets, you know, acting in a manner that is, that is just not helpful for, the, for our society, mm. you know? Mm. Like, you know, they don't respect the democratic rights of people, you know? If you are not happy with a certain decisions or ruling, then you can, there's a process. You can take the, the, the decision of the public protector for further review. Mm. Why should that be a problem? Why should, you know, the EFF be meddling, you know? So people who are in offices, whether it's in state-owned enterprises or where, but I'm not happy because everything must start in Parliament, really. I'm not happy with the parliamentarians. They, they seem to be afraid of each other. They can't call each other out. They can't do a, what we call a, a peer review mechanism. You should, be, you should be able to call out, to reprimand your colleagues. Don't look at, you know, these, these dodgy, dodgy uh, uh, party political interests. You're representing the nation. Mm. Look now. It on the only to come up with 58 billion, but imagine if there was no this 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 corruption that is happening within the system. What would we do, we be doing with that 58 billion? Mm. We would be building something, developing, doing serious things. Now it's one bailout after the other. No, I feel for the judges. Really, please just leave the judges alone. They are they are in a tight spot. The politicians and those who believe they are above the law. Are giving them problems, mm. and, and 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 I think you know from what you're just saying, and 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 I and I, and I hear you to be touching a lot on on the issue of corruption, and correctly so, and you know one wonders you know whether you know corruption would have thrived as it clearly did, as we hear from the various commissions that are currently underway. Um, 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 or, or it, it, there are two at least: the PIC as well as the the um, state capture inquiry. One one wonders whether you know we were failed by our institutions because surely we should have mechanisms. In other words, we shouldn't be at the mercy of the corrupt CEO or chairperson or board, um, as well as its minister. Surely um, there was a failing even in the justice system, which is one of the mechanisms that should be in place to be able to investigate. You know what happened. To, the, to all the whistleblowing that would have happened um, over the last 10 years, all the whistleblowing reports or, you know, what, to what extent have even the justice system failed us? And that's excluding the judiciary because they don't have the power to go and investigate um, um, alleged, alleged corrupt activities. And, and that's why even now, one of the first jobs that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa had to do is establish... Um, uh, you know, is to is to put the SIU or, or you know uh, uh, have the SIU through proclamations investigate various acts of of corruption. But but before the SIU um, was 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 directed to look into um, specific issues, there are other uh, organisations, SAPS, Hawks, etc. Have those failed us? They have failed us. This money, mm. you know, we demanded, I really don't know, we have everything in this country. We have the best laws in the country. Mm. But the people who have to, impl- I, the, you know, the NC has really failed us because they are the majority party. The ethics, and now you can see even the president is struggling right now because the battle right now is to overthrow him because he's trying to fix. He's not perfect himself, but that is the best the country has under these circumstances. I I mean, can we say we have the best laws in a country where corruption at the scale at which it happened took place? I mean, are those laws the best if you can have, um, you know, unspeakable amounts of money having been... uh, extracted from from these state-owned entities and actually even gotten out of the country yeah, you know it hurts me really you know that as that part in the, of trillions 
that have been siphoned off. That's why I say when crime happens at the top, within the system, hey, 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 we are in trouble. If if it happens at the top, because what can a judge do if, say, the investigative officers deliberately do a shoddy job and then they present a case that that is not winnable in, in court? Maybe they deliberately omit certain evidence. Certain. That's why I say when, when crime is committed by educated people, it's the most dangerous thing that you can. Lawyers, doctors, <laughs> forensic auditors, the police, we teachers, you know, educated people. Mm. Because they know what they're doing. Mm. They know exactly how to fail the system, mm. how to beat the system. That's why these professions, we must punish them. I'm glad that the, the court uh, penalized the public protector because I don't know the legal mumbo jumbo. They said she omitted or she misled or there was something that she did. Mm. They know. They know. They are the learned people. They know what she did because they are the judges. It's, they are within the law profession. I don't like prof- black professionals, especially black professionals, because they have decided they are going to align themselves with corrupt politicians and they are killing us. Hey, they are killing us. Thank you, my sister. Is it? <laughs> yeah, Mara, okay. <laughs> one day, one day, one day we'll have a, we'll have a, a talk about, about black professionals. Um, but I, I'm not sure if, if, if that, that, that sort of applies in, in, a, in a blanket fashion in which, it, in which um, Binky says. But I mean, the, the other points are, are really spot on. And as, as Binky was talking, I, I wondered to myself um, whether is our law uh, and, and the, so on the, one, on the one level, the laws, on the other hand, the institutions not too dependent on politicians. So, for example, if you take the point that even judges in their appointment are interviewed by politicians and ultimately go through a process that ultimately gets sanctioned by the president. And and from what we've learned over the last few years is that a lot of the problems that visit upon our country have in one way or another or find find their origins in one shape or form in and in and from politicians and politics and 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 yet so for example um it would be very difficult for a public entity or a state-owned company to be corrupt if there is an a minister who is present um and who is alert and who is aware and appoints boards that can be equally present, aware and competent, who in turn appoint executives and in particular the chief executive officer, who similarly so so one at when everything is said and done, it seems to me that everything then goes back to politicians, insofar as, you know, an act of corruption in some way would tie back to a politician. And I'm not and, and and I'm not at all pointing to any particular politician, but it just it just seems that more often than not that is the case. But then again, it is it is the very same politicians that design these laws. Right? And and the very law that is currently under design is a law that is to regulate the funding of political parties. But it is actually being designed by the politicians themselves. And then the political heads, and even, uh, 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 you, you, uh, not even the political heads, but the, democr- it, the heads of constitutional or democratic institutions, public protector, NPA, are themselves appointed by the politicians. And one, one wonders with the benefit of time whether a debate around the extent of which through the electoral system, we as a people of South Africa may have set ourselves up for failure in delegating almost all of our functions to politicians. Corruption invariably requires a politician or a, you know the public service because it, it is an act which deals with public funds that the custodian of whom 
are politicians. The laws and the heads are politicians. So that's something that certainly w- would invite debate. And, 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 and one wonders whether, uh, is the system intrinsically not subject to failure? We then talk about democracy and then democracy is itself dependent on political parties who must compete to be appointed, but they need money. And how are they to raise the money? And can we, you know, can the money and at the scale at which we see it, I mean, political campaigns do better. And, and, and I observed, interestingly, the, um, when one telecommunications company changed colors, the marketing activity that was around that, and it, it was costed at some, I can't remember the number and therefore I won't venture it, but I remember thinking, wow, that is obscene. But when I compared it to the campaigns that are put by political parties, it seemed to me that those campaigns by political parties trump campaigns that are put together by corporate. And then the invariable question is, we know where business gets their money, but how are then political parties able to put together such elaborate, comprehensive, thorough, um, comp, you know, wide, wide and far-reaching campaigns? That, 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 that are as effective in the rural areas as they are in the in an urban area. And, and, and one wonders then whether are we, are we not going to have another commission of inquiry in 10 years? Um, one does wonder. And, 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 and that's, that's sort of a sense that one gets. You know, and, and I think this, this is something that at, at a different point might warrant a discussion. But let me thank um, uh, my guest Karen Morn. Uh, for, for for joining us this evening and also um, all the participants, um, I, I hope I hope we're able to to you know to, to sort of lay a seed because I think this is something that needs to be covered in in the future, albeit perhaps in a different shape or form. Um, thank you so much for for joining us. I look forward to being with you again next week. And remember, all our shows are podcasts, so you can always listen to this uh, via podcast. This will be up tomorrow, uh, and you can find it by going to www.kifm.co.za, where all our podcasts are, and you can find the Law Report shows uh, going back some time. Um, so that's our show for tonight. Um, it's been a, a very great show. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. For me, Michael Mutoning Bill, it's been a good evening. Good night. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.